You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Tuesday, March the 2nd. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day you tune in. Well, there was no baseball yesterday, but hopefully you guys were able to listen to the show uh, where I gave my thoughts on spring training day one, uh, um, game one rather, um, as well as shared part one of the NL Central Roundtable. And part two is coming your way today, so I'm not going to spend too much time, but... um, yeah, we're not going to spend too much time. I did just want to share some thoughts. Um, you know, from what I saw on social media and the, and the reports, uh, Jordan Hicks threw a live BP uh, yesterday and looked pretty darn good. Um, and Schultz said that, uh, that there's really nothing holding him back in, in terms of possibly making the opening day roster and breaking camp with St. Louis. The only hesitant would, would be the injuries. Um, Michaelis was also um, cautioned off. I talked about that yesterday, but... Um, but but today Wainwright's uh, set to to make the start, so we'll be interested to see what pitching comes of that. Um, I think it's today at noon, so it's either coming up, happening right now, or has already happened, <laughs> depending on when you're listening. Um, but but today on the NL Central Roundtable Part Two with Sean, Jeff, Jake, Ethan, and myself, we we talk more about the NL Central. We talk about prospects. Why we're um, you know. Excited for different prospects, as well as giving our win projection and our bold prediction for our team. I think you guys are going to like my bold prediction. Um, so be- before I uh, get the- get that going, I do want to remind you all to head over to Locked On Today when you're done with this podcast because... Um, with players leaving the Houston Texans, what NFL team will be the worst to play for in 21? That is the question of the day on Locked On Today podcast. And you can get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. Great show. I was on it recently. Um, so be sure to check that out after you listen to the NL Central Roundtable. Here is part two of the conversation where uh, we talked about prospects as well as a bold prediction and our win projections for each of our teams. I think you guys are going to like my win projection and my bold prediction. So uh, that's coming up on the NL Central Roundtable. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs> so so that's going to be the general overview that we wanted to discuss. But as we kind of move on now, honestly, Ethan, you might be the most excited about all this because we're going to talk about prospects. Obviously, we all know about Key Brian Hayes, but what else can you tell us about the, the prospects that the, the Pirates got back in their moves this offseason? Uh, well, the Pir- or, well, the prospects we got back in our moves, uh, we got Hudson Head from the San Diego Padres. He's a name you'll hear like three years from now. So, eh, I mean, yeah, you got something really good for Joe Musgrove. They also brought back Pittsburgh native David Bedner as well. Um, Miguel Yahure, who actually had some pitching, for the New York Yankees last year in the Jameson Tyone trade could be a fifth option in the rotation because of all the injuries that were in New York. And he actually played pretty well. Um, Eddie Yeen and Eddie Yeen and um, Will Crow came over in the Josh Bell trade, both pretty solid pitchers. And then if you go away from the deals and what was already in place, Quinn Priester has absolutely shot up every prospect board all winter. And he's going to probably get a lot of playing time in the spring. 
And then you still have to see what Nick Gonzalez, your number seven overall pick in 20, uh, 2020 can do because he didn't get to play last year. You also have guys like uh, Kane and Smith who came over from the Yankees trade, who's had like a power trope for the last like month and a half. All of a sudden you also have guys like O'Neill Cruz who had all that stuff happen in the Dominican Republic and like is now there playing shortstop, but could play first base at some point being six foot seven. Yeah. He's a massive have, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he's six wow. foot seven. Imagine having an athletic six foot seven first baseman. You also have to look at guys like Travis Swaggery, who's an outfielder that could be coming up next year. Jared Oliver could be on the cusp of it with all the guys that we have in the outfield right now as well. And I'm thinking Gregory Polanco has gone. And don't forget, the Pirates also signed a top international prospect in Shaylin Polanco, who is already like six foot at the age of 16. So he's only going to grow more and already has a lot of power. So the Pirates have a lot of stuff going on, and I don't think they're done trading either. I think Adam Frazier gets dealt when he's healthy again. He's not healthy right now, but I think he gets dealt when he's healthy again. Colin Moran could get dealt at some point because Mason Martin has been getting a lot of traction in the farm system as well. And then you have to do something about this middle infield. You can't have seven middle infielders. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) you got to do something about it. And then, I mean, outside of that, realistically everybody else is about 2023 or later but most of the guys that i named are guys that could be impact uh impactful soon so definitely a lot to be excited uh, about as a pirate that's a crew yeah (laughs) i think we rose 10 10 spots in baseball america's prospect list this offseason from like 26 to 16 or something like that yeah you guys you guys are right in the middle of the pack and honestly with how young some of those guys are like your t- your system's gonna be top 10 by the end of this year for sure like right. there's Especially you're gonna have at least a couple guys break later. out mm-hmm. you're gonna add a rocker later or like one of those top pitchers in the draft right right that's right because you got that's right uh yeah, you guys looking, are gonna be stacked. You're gonna have at, some options, man. Looking <laughs> at rocker and, and lighter like on pitching ninja on Twitter, th- those guys have electric stuff. I mean that that is just whoever gets them is just getting two of cool. the top pitchers in the draft. It, it's ridiculous. Don't sleep Definitely. on Jaden Hill though. Yeah, I liked well, uh, JP JT Brubaker was a guy I thought was fun last year. I don't know if he has any like prospects for the future of the Pirates, but I liked his stuff. I think he's going to be like our fourth pitcher this year, just be, or fourth or fifth, just because we picked up Tyler Anderson. Oh he's yeah, Anderson's a decent guy, oh, be yeah. decent bridge guy. Yeah, Jake, what's uh, what's going on with the the Brewers prospects? I know their system isn't that high, but I mean, I know you've got you've got Luis Urias uh, out there. Is there anyone else you're looking at right now that could be maybe a, a surprise candidate for the Brewers this year, like a Devin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there's any more Devin Williams in the system, and <laughs> certainly don't have a, a, a list as lengthy as, as Ethan does there. But uh, I mean, the guy they drafted last year in the first round, Garrett Mitchell. I mean, he instantly mm-hmm. became the top prospect in their system. You know, and being a college bat, he could you know he could advance you know rather quickly Um, maybe not this year but certainly maybe next season um, depending on how this year goes and it's so you know so uncertain and unknown what the minor league players are going to do this year having because you don't know what progress they made you know last year you know with not having a minor league season so we could see some of these guys get pushed aggressively we could see them get slow played Um, you know so it's really going to be a team by team is how they handle these minor league players and their development you know kind of based on what they were able to accomplish last year, but 
a couple of prospects in the Brewers system that are getting a lot of uh, a lot of praise this offseason. One of them is outfielder uh, Edbert Perez, who actually uh, is on the 15-player minor league camp, which I didn't even know they were doing for spring training, but there's a separate little 15-player uh, minor league camp, and he was invited to that. And so I think my understanding of that is basically they just get to work out with the major league players there right. but can't participate in games and all that. But that's great experience for him. Um, and, you know, we've already seen video of him uh, in spring training there. So <laughs> he's getting a lot, of, a lot of hype, a lot of attention. Another one is um, Antoine Kelly. He's somebody that I'm really high on, a uh, handed pitcher. Um, I think Kelly and Hedbert Perez, you know, could both, you know, become top 100 prospects possibly by the end of the season. Um, right now, Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang are their two top 100 prospects. Um, Terang, he's, he's getting pretty close to the major league level as well. And that's why I think it's so important for them to figure out what they're going to do with Luis Urias because Terang's coming up pretty soon. So they want to know what they have in Urias to see, you know, what the plan could be for uh, Bryce there. Uh, the other prospect that I'm high on in the Brewer systems, Ethan Small, uh, pitcher out of Mississippi State. Um, he's, you know, he's got a pretty easy ceiling to me as a back end starter, but he's somebody that I think could be a solid middle of the rotation guy for a long time. And he's somebody that could be ready this year. Again, another, you know, mature college guy, uh, coming out of the sec. Um, you play in college baseball and sec, I always tell people you're already playing single A baseball at that right. point. So, um, you know, those, those players just come out of that league, just ready to go. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, again, depending on how he progressed last year and what he does right. beginning of this season, that he could be ready in 2021. More coming up from the NL central crew and myself in just a moment. Want to tell you about rockauto.com, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Head over to rockauto.com for auto and body parts from hundreds, that's right, hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. One more word from our wonderful sponsors before we get back to the NL Central discussion. So like it, it's always about w- what's next, you know. Even though we, you know the Brewers might have a shot at division, right. there's still an, always an idea about what's next. So, um, well, we'll shift over to, to Jeff Carr. What's next for for the uh, for the Reds in terms of prospects? A lot of pitching. Uh, Hunter Green and Nick Ladello are the closest so far as pitching is concerned. There's a couple of hitters. I mean, obviously Tyler Stevenson is going to start the year in the major league, so I almost don't even consider him on the prospect list anymore. Although he is yeah. for rookie eligible and stuff like that, but I mean, he's definitely going to be the biggest impact bat coming out of the minor leagues for the Reds. Other than that, you've got some guys who are not really forgotten, but they've done some stuff that kind of made them invisible 
for at least more than a year. And part of that has to do with the Reds reorganizing their entire developmental management staff over the last couple of years, because we saw the failures that was the Reds attempt at a rebuild that started back in 2015. And it's just, it's, it's gone absolutely nowhere. So they've had to restart a lot of stuff. The closest to the majors, I think, is Nick Lodello. And then you've got some guys who people forgot about, like Tony Santion. Uh, you've got a Jonathan India that if he impresses probably early on in the season, we'll see at some point this year. But there's no real like superstar like going to grab you like in a couple of years, the Reds are going to be on top with this guy in the system. There's a lot of intriguing names, but I mean, I mean, you look at Austin Hendrick, who was their first round pick last year. He's got a big bat, big power. We'll see if he can get the contact going in actual game situations because he didn't get a chance to play in any games last year. And then you've got Reese Hines, who has come onto everybody's radar over the last uh, the winter ball era and the fall and, and all that good stuff. But for the most part, he's still got a lot of questions too. So you're not really sure what you got at the top end uh, or past the top end of this prospect list that is Green, Lodolo, uh, maybe Tyler Stevenson if you want to include him. And then uh, you're looking at like, you know, Jonathan India or something like that. Yeah, you know, you can never have too much pitching, so the pitching there is good. So um, I'm going to go ahead and, and skip Sean. I'm going to go first instead of Sean. But um, um, in terms of prospects for, <laughs> for the Cardinals, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of with you, Jeff, on in terms of like don't consider him a prospect anymore because he's going to make the major league team. That's Dylan, Dylan Carlson. He's still ranked number one yeah. in terms of on the prospect board, but he's going to be the starting probably right fielder. Um, so beyond him, you've got the, the name of Matthew Librutor, who everybody knows came over from the Randy Rosarena trade before Randy Rosarena lost his mind in October um, and then who might make the, the the staff out of spring training he's got to pitch really well and everybody else has pitched really bad for that to happen but there's a chance and then beyond that you've got Nolan Gorman who's been the top third base prospect for um, for a long time but now with Nolan Arenado he's been actually taking uh, infield practice at second base so you, you've got him that that could see a delayed um a delayed jump now because he's transitioning to a different position. Um, and then beyond him, you've got a, a lot of guys that are going to be 2022 20, and three and beyond Ivan Herrera. They're really high on as a catcher um, who they're seeing as like this Kisner guy is going to start next year and be like the bridge between the Yadier Molina era and the Ivan Herrera era. Um, Cause they're really high on Ivan Herrera as a catcher. Um, but, but beyond that, they've still got um, Elihuiz Montero, who's a third base prospect, and Jordan Walker, who they drafted as a third baseman. That again, that's that's four or five years down the road. But they're really top heavy on their prospects. I mean, you you might be able to find a a, a gem down the line a little bit, but they're, they're really high on Liberatore, Gorman, and Carlson, who who still is considered a prospect. So, um, so that's the Cardinal situation. But Sean, what about the Cubs? Yeah, their their prospect systems probably uh, a lot of these guys are, are 2023, 2024. Um, the the two guys that they're really key on, maybe a third guy too, would be like Edward Elzelay, who uh, who got a real shot at the rotation last year. Looks like he's probably gonna be the fourth or fifth starter this year for the Cubs. Um, and then you look at Bradley Marquez, who's probably the best pitching prospect the Cubs have developed since the Epstein era kind of started, and it's like ended but not really. It's the same regime, just 
Jed Hoyer's <laughs> in charge now. Um, it's their first real pitcher that they developed, and they're really excited about him. They got to see him in the last game of the season last year against the White Sox, and he looked really good for two batters. He struck out Jose Abreu, which was awesome. And then the Cubs <laughs> were up, I think, like 12-2, to two, and he gave up eight runs in two-thirds of an inning. Um, so he that. kind of imploded. A little bit, little bit of a nerve sort of situation, but he's a guy we're really paying attention to. Has really plus stuff, triple-digit fastball with a slider that comes in at like 94 miles an hour. Insane break. He's he's filthy. He needs to learn his control, though. So he'll probably end up in single double-A next this year and maybe have a chance to make this roster. The Cubs need a postseason, maybe September call type of move. Um, the only bat they really have right now that's probably really close to being major league ready is Brennan Davis. He's kind of doing a similar situation where he's up with spring training right now, but he's just kind of a part of the workouts or whatnot. He was part of the satellite team last year. Um, he's a guy that could make an impact this year, but probably will be a starter next year, I would guess, assuming Jack Peterson. Um, doesn't stay around much longer after one year. I would assume mm-hmm. Davis probably steps into one of those outfield roles. Um, but in terms of everything else, they got a, a handful of guys, four p- prospects from the U Darvish trade that they really like. Um, one of the best names out of there is Reggie Perciato. Uh, I think it's a switch hitting shortstop. Who, uh, will probably get moved over to third base, but a lot of these guys just haven't had a ton of, like we talked to major league experience. I think the Cubs are going to get a better idea of what this system look like in the next few months, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like some of their prospects. Like Ed Howard was their first pick last year and he hasn't played baseball since like, I think like May of 2019, he didn't play his senior season at Mount Carmel Hill in Illinois. So um, there's a lot of guys the Cubs just aren't sure about. So it would be crazy to see the Cubs system maybe shoot up a little bit, but that could very well happen with some of the guys they got from the Padres, as well as like some of these guys getting better grades. Now that we've seen them in a minor league system. So it's probably not a lot coming this year, but in the future, the Cubs at least restocked them that farm system. I'm hoping for some top 100 players coming down the line. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to – you guys were asking for the next next Devin Williams. I wanted to give you a name, and I kind of didn't want to throw it out there because I'm in a deep fantasy draft, and I don't want anybody stealing him. But, uh, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Drew, Drew Rasmussen, he's a guy that came up last year and got kind of a cup of coffee. He's a guy that if he fully, you know, commits to the bullpen role, he's been kind of a starter in the minors. But if they fully turn him into a bullpen guy, he's got closer stuff and closer potential. And I think he's going to start the year in the Brewers' bullpen. So uh, Drew Rasmussen, he's a guy that – keep an eye on is perhaps the next big bullpen ace for the brewers i like marking that down because i'm I'm not trying to get struck out 12 times by the bullpen by the brewers again i like it but i also am very terrified of that name for now for now until forever but right (laughs) right i don't know when he gets called out when he gets called out of the bullpen go get another beer yeah (laughs) Yeah. excellent yeah yeah i don't know if anybody else like plays out of the park baseball it's like pc on on, online game that you can like be general manager or whatever i have before yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's funny like hearing some of the names you mentioned like jake you mentioned garrett anderson sean um brendan davis and like me playing way too long into like 2029 yeah and like seeing those names and like recognizing them from this conversation it's just kind of weird and and, you know a fun little side tangent from from the 20 year old here but um (laughs) the other question i think it's going to be interesting i want everybody to to, so we can go around we can go the same order that we started in um i want your, your projection for the win total for your team and then a bold prediction and go as bold as you want, but a bold prediction for your team in 2021. So, Ethan, what, you, you can kick us off and be as bold as you want here. So, as far as win total, I'm not going to be bold with you. Probably like <laughs> 50, to, 50 to maybe a max 70 wins. I'd say the max is 70. So, like that's – but I, in real like realistic terms, like 62 to 70 wins. As far as bold predictions go, I already did say I think Key Brian Hayes is going to win Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. But 
I'm going to double down on it and say he also wins gold glove at third base in the in National League this year. Not silver slugger because I don't think his bat is going to be as consistent as it was over 85 at-bats in 162 games. But if there's one thing I know about Key Brian Hayes is the kid can play defense, mm-hmm. and I think that he's going to do it very well. I like it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think he's got he's competition. Fun. Yeah, he is. Fun. I think the rookie of the year one isn't as bold. I think he's got competition at rookie of the year with Dylan Carlson, but but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Um, wouldn't surprise me honestly either way <laughs> yeah i definitely think there's a good shot of the rookie of the year coming out of the nl central but but sean what's your win total and what's your bold prediction uh i think the cubs are going to come in around 88 89 wins i think they might overperform a little bit um i would say that's that's probably their ceiling i think i mean if this team doesn't hit and they do I, like they could easily trade play pieces at the deadline they're very much looking at the bottom line right now um something crazy could happen like that but honestly my my bold prediction is that they're going to extensions done with javier Baez and chris bryan wow i think they're both going to get resigned uh it's like i know chris bryan has pushed really hard these last few weeks to try and start some conversations with the cubs again they're going to approach both like their four core guys being rizzo bryant Contreras, and bias at, at spring training sounds like steam was already picking up for bias and his extension that makes sense he's super marketable here in chicago his jersey he said he since wants he was to a stay. rookie yeah, he did just mention yesterday he wants to be a Cub for life. And a lot of these guys have said this, but I think Brian going through the pandemic, having a kid during the pandemic too, as well as getting married the last couple of years, he's just, I think, really very much looking for security. He wants to play baseball for as long as he can, but he wants to make sure he's got a few beyond that. I don't really see him wanting to uproot his family and going other places. He's from Vegas originally, and that's where they live. But um, if I had to pick one thing, I think Chris Bryant extends. In terms of on-the-field production, though, I will say my bold prediction is that Jock Peterson can be an everyday player. All right. Hires to get him so bad. <laughs> yeah, he would have been an awesome fit there. Um, plus, that would have been a sweet ballpark to see him in those. Those uh, I love those pirate um what's it those pirate away jerseys that they've got the curse of riding on those are so those cool are i don't know why pittsburgh didn't do that sooner they need to but yeah it would have been cool to see jock in a jersey like that all yellow honestly all i'm up for it 79 yeah uh, i go back and forth in the all yellow stuff but i don't know i i'm fine with like one-off okay, jerseys on, like that. Say that all yellow versus all blue wouldn't be awesome lucas that's the color rush versus the all yeah. yellows come on now. yeah color rush the mlb <laughs> <laughs> On today's show, we will be talking about win projections and the place you can see more of win projections and things to bet on is betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, and there are plenty of MLB futures to bet on as well. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for the news, scores, and odds that you need to know. It's the best way to place your bets. It's free to sign up, and it's the one place we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you deposit 100 bucks and you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 50 extra dollars. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. Once again, head over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Also on the show today, we talked about MLB prospects. Well, if you want more on the MLB prospects, 
head over to Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Arm Layton. It's the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow, from team-focused farm system breakdowns, prospect rankings, and interviews with some of the brightest up-and-comers in the game. Locked On MLB Prospects is the best way to stay plugged in on the future of your favorite team. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. One more word from a wonderful sponsor, and then back to the discussion to finish the show. Jeff Carr, what's your win, what's your win projection and your and your bold prediction? So here's the thing: they're they're one and the same. Although the the bold prediction is going to be multifaceted, but the win prediction is 86 because right now I think logically they're going to win between 77 and 83 games. I think they make up the gap, and I think there's a couple of guys that perform out of their socks. They win 86 games and. David Bell gets an extension because they make the playoffs and they win like, you know, maybe the wild card round or something like that, because right now he's going into a contract year. And if you ask 10 Reds fans what they think about David Bell, you're going to get 10 different answers because nobody knows. Nobody has any clue what they're thinking about the manager right now. I think this is the year that he holds down at least a contract extension. They keep him, they keep Derek Johnson, all that good stuff. They keep it rolling. And one more. And uh, we'll see what you think about this. But uh, I think Eugenio Suarez is going to finish the year as the best third baseman in the division. Wow. That, that, that's extremely bold. I feel like you've got two or three guys on this podcast right now that can challenge you on that. Eugenio Suarez. a run in the postseason this year? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, do love Suarez. Yeah, hopefully will, at least one more. I will say I do like Suarez, but he's no Arnado. I'm just going to say that there. So, uh, Jake, <laughs> what, what, what's your prediction or pro, uh, projection and bold, bold projection? Yeah, unfortunately, the Brewers are the one team in the division that won't be pushing you for the best third baseman in baseball unless they, <laughs> they make another move here. But, um, And I've done a win projection podcast and a bold prediction podcast, so make sure you check that out on Lockdown <laughs> Brewers. Um, little plug there. But uh, I got I got the Brewers winning uh, 80, 86 games this year, which I think is might be good enough to win the division um, still. Um, but I think that's a pretty, pretty safe pick for the Brewers. Obviously, if all their – like I said earlier, if all the lineup bounces back to their norms and and Burns and Woodruff stay healthy, they out the rotation, they could possibly go beyond that. But I think I think 86 is a pretty safe win projection total for them right now. As far as bowl predictions, again, I did uh, just posted my bowl predictions podcast yesterday. Um, mine was that Luis Rice is going to win the job at shortstop. And that's more so just because I believe that's what the Brewers want to happen. It seems like that's what they want to happen. Uh, but going beyond that, another just big one for the Brewers. I think Kesson here is going to bounce back and you know hit 30-plus home runs this year. I think he's going to have a, a big year. Um, went back and looked at the, you know, the tape a lot from last year, and a lot of it was just timing. And that's just so hard to overcome in a shortened 2020 season. You don't get a normal spring training. You get off to a slow start. And again, just like like a lot of the other Brewers hitters, they just seem to be pressing, knowing that they got off to bad starts and couldn't recover. I think Keston's somebody, he's just too good of a hitter to be as bad as he was last year. Yeah, he's going to strike out a lot, but I, you know he's more so of a 270, 280 hitter, and I think he has the power potential to hit 30-plus home runs. Where's he yeah, going to play with Juan? I, I was saying it. He, they're yeah, moving him to first base. First? Okay. Gonna, really? Gonna first okay. Base. So that's the that's only thing fit. that does – 
that's the only thing that does scare me a little bit about it is that he's going to be learning a new position. So I don't know how that's going to affect him at the plate. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, eventually, you know, when the DH does come, he's going to be the perfect, you know, DH I was going to say, Brewers, but yeah, <laughs> that I was watching the Brewers play last year. I was like, man, this guy's a DH is exactly what you want. I mean, he's, yeah. he's got, he's not awful in the field, but yeah, if you 30 home runs to put on your, like in your lineup, especially for the Brewers who have a hard time mm. finding those type of guys. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's not a dude I want to see face with Christian Yelich yeah. in the lineup very often. <laughs> Greg Council basically said the other day in spring trading that he still has his fingers crossed for the DH because they just have a ton of <laughs> ton of DHs yeah. on their team right now. They still got Daniel Vogelbach that's just sitting there. They don't that's know what right. to do with them. That's right, Dan Vogelbach. Yeah, <laughs> holy so crap. I forgot it's about like him. Council's like, maybe they'll throw it in there at the last second like they did with the extended playoffs last right, year. We'll, right, right. We'll make rule changes on opening day because that's what MLB apparently does. So <laughs> They're good yeah. at it. The, the DH would also be a good one for, for the shirt I'm wearing. It's, it's got to be the salsa uh, from from whenever Carpenter <laughs> went unconscious. So he would also be a nice fit for the DH as well. But um, in order for, for uh, or in terms of my win projection, Bet Online I think has their over under like 87 and a half, and I'm like probably overly excited. So I I might, I'm going to take the over um, if if I'm a betting man, and I'm gonna it, it, I know. I'm going to go 92 wins. I'm going to go way over. I'm going to set the Cardinals overperform 92. This offense has a lot of question marks. I understand that. But I'm really looking forward to what Harrison Bader does in the outfield as well as Tyler O'Neill. I think Carlson continues his second call-up stretch from last year. And I think the Cardinals break the 90-win plateau. It's not a guarantee. I think that that's probably that the ceiling is 90, 92. Um, I don't think this is a 95 win team by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but if everybody can stay healthy and everybody performs to the way that I think they can, um, especially in the outfield, uh, I really do like their chances. And my bold prediction is going to be about the new acquisition. My bold prediction is Nolan Arnado wins the MVP. I, I think oh. that, you know, despite leaving Colorado in his first year, I know that that, that, that has a lot of uh, storylines to it. I think Arnado has just fallen in love with St. Louis from what I've seen or read and watched, his swing looks like it was pre-2020. Really excited for what Arnado can do and when he's got solid protection and Goldschmidt um, as well. Um, I think he's going to do big things. I, I think my bold prediction is MVP, Nolan Arnado, 2021. As the best third baseman in the division. <laughs> Throw that in there. Gonna say, it's going to be hard to do as the second best third baseman. <laughs> <laughs> The second best there, baseman. It's also funny too because I've had an article pulled up the whole time about like NL Central predictions and stuff, and this one literally has every team in the division being under 500, and the Cardinals winning the division at 79 and 80. That's, so, I mean, those predictions are no. I'm like, sorry. I mean, no, like no, it's, crazy. it's crazy though because it's 79 and 83 for the Cardinals, 77 and 85 for the Brewers, 76 and 86 for the Cubs, and 75 and 87 for the Reds. So they're separated by five. No, no, like, way. Are, are those Pakota? So they would those? Just, yeah. Oh, this is from MLB.com. Those that will be doc. Yeah, those are yeah. Pakoda. I know had like for whatever reason Pakoda loved the Cubs despite them looking like yeah. they were garbage <laughs> pitching. I was like, what eighty five wins? Like you gave yeah. us seventy nine last year with you, Darvish. Like what is going on? <laughs> I think those projections. Yeah. Well, we love- Go ahead, Jeff. I was gonna say, here's the thing: we love to take, we love to talk crap about our own division, but whenever other people talk crap about our division, they don't know. They don't understand. <laughs> they don't get it. We've they got don't know, man. Pride, yeah. man. We've got pride in our division. 
Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that being said, I, I just picked the Cubs to win 89 games, and they're definitely not going to do that. <laughs> so, well, I think uh, – did you guys have any other things before we wrapped up? Any other last little uh, comments before we close out the show today? Well, the other thing to mention, aren't the NL Central's lined up with the AL Central and in interleague play this year, right? So, uh, I mean, the AL Central is not exactly a powerhouse either. So, No, the White Sox look really good, but – Beyond that, I mean, the Indians look, took a step back. Twins are kind of a toss-up. The Royals and Tigers, both Our bad. So that's Tigers, that's a yeah. huge plus. But, yeah, I mean, even just, like, the, the division playing each other, there's no – we're not going to have three teams with 79 wins. Like, there's no. going to be a team that yeah. beats up on another team. So, And I will say that baseball is – Baseball is an incredibly hard sport to protect, so I'm not trying to like hate on the, the the people who work there or whatever. So it is a hard thing to do, but at the same time, n- no, like someone's gonna get hot yeah, and someone's com- gonna like common sense dictates yeah, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah no, that's a good point, Jake, about the division. I didn't think about that, and that, that is a good point. Yeah. Well, we are excited. If you guys uh, haven't heard, we will be doing some crossover shows later this week as well, where we get more specific with each teams. I know it sounds like Jeff and Ethan already have some plans for uh, debating who has some better food at the ballparks or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, uh, from what I, I mean, Cincy's food at the ballpark is legendary status to me at this point. So have I'm excited to try that out. Brother sandwich, sir. I've not. No, honestly, oh, with That's how nice Pittsburgh's that. field is, I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially the food in Pittsburgh's always good. So, I mean, I mean, guys, I, I will come to all your Brooks and try your food. Not I even, know. Not <laughs> even for Manny's. Manny Sanguian has his own barbecue in center field. Is he really? Yeah, that's, that's why if so you ever cool. Watch Pyre games on, like if you ever watch Pyre games, if your guy mm. hits a home run out of PNC Park in center field, you see a bunch of smoke coming up from the big green wall. Really? There. He's, He's grilling. Right <laughs> that's awesome. Well, guys, if you haven't yet, make sure you're following all of our hosts on Twitter. You can follow Jake Mastriani, uh, the host of the Lockdown Brewers show at Shortstop Ball. Ethan Smith, host of our Lockdown Pirates show at MVP Ethan. Jeff Carr, host of Lockdown Reds at Jeff with two Fs, Carr with two Rs. And then Lucas Smith, you can follow him at LJ Fastball. He's our host for the Lockdown Cardinals show. But we are excited for the season. Like Jeff said at the top, we've got a full slate of guys who are covering these teams now for, I think, the first time in the lock on network history so it's gonna be fun to have everyone working together talking with each other and obviously uh making fun of everyone's teams because <laughs> what else are we gonna do if not that so but keep an eye out for more specific crossover shows later this week as the lockdown i think the entire lockdown mlb network's doing crossover shows mm-hmm. every wednesday for the mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future so keep an eye on that on wednesdays but uh i'm sean sears i forgot to say myself i host the lockdown cubs show you can follow me on twitter at sean r sears but thanks for tuning in everyone and of course check out for uh more shows here on the lockdown network